You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com. And streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Scandal After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Scandal After Show. Bing is for doing, and we are here doing another after show for Scandal. I am here live in Afterbus TV studio, same time, same place, every single week. This is season three, episode two. Guess who's coming to dinner? And as always, I'm joined here with my amazing gladiators. I'm your host, Emilinus Jr., and next to me we have. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Canelia. Hi, I'm Sophia Stanley. And I'm Bam Erickson. So, guys, we are so excited to be here. But before we continue, if you don't know about iTunes, our uh, podcast goes to iTunes each week, usually the night of or right after. You can check us out on iTunes. So make sure if you go there, you rate, comment, and subscribe. I think I checked this week. We had like 392 ratings, maybe, um, which is pretty impressive. We're still five stars. So make sure you keep doing that and sharing, tell a friend, all that good stuff. Also, we are on YouTube. Um Lots of comments last week, lots of likes. So make sure, make sure you keep keep sharing these videos and keep sharing the podcast. We really, really love and appreciate your support. But um, wait, did I let you guys introduce yourselves? Or yeah. Just, we already went through? Mm-hmm. Okay. You know what? Well, I'm having an off night. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we have Canelo. No, but, um, <laughs> but guys, like I said, we're so excited to be here. So make sure you do that. And we're going to go ahead and dive right in. So we picked up right where we left off from last week where, um, or maybe we saw in the previews, but... The blame is going to Janine as far as this affair goes because they need somebody to pin this on since Melly said a couple of weeks prior that she suspected that the president was having an affair. Then it was announced it was Olivia. Then it was announced it's Janine. And now Olivia is basically not trying to let that happen. Um, so we have a bit of a power struggle in this episode with a lot of people. Um, but the cool thing was seeing, I guess I want to start with the dynamic between this may be a little later in the episode, but between Melly, Cyrus, and Fitz, because I still feel like there's a a big, big struggle there as far as who is really in charge. And Fitz is finally I don't want to say coming to his own, but he's really trying to take a stand. Fitz kinda has the attitude of someone who's in their second term. Like you know how they always you always hmm. see a president in real life first term, you know, he's a little he's a little you know, he's trying to watch his step, you know, he's trying to learn the ropes. Second term, you you're waiting for him to be who he really is, and Fitz seems to be in that phase, even though it's still his first term. He talks to Cyrus; he got his balls back, like you know what I mean. Everything that he does, he seems very sure of himself. He's not really all you know nervous and sidestepping like he was. I like the new Fitz; like I don't mind the new Fitz at all. <clears throat> I mean, it's you know, to, for me, it's a step up from what he was before. So I'm cool with and, it. And also, I think because now he knows what really happened with the election, maybe he has to really prove to the living, um, to the living five fat four of uh, the the living four people, he has to prove to them that this may be rigged, but I'm still, you know, the head man in charge. I'm gonna piggyback off of something that Bam said. I think it definitely has to do with the fact that he knows. 
them, but I think it's now because he knows who they are. Mm-hmm. I think that he makes a move and he literally is watching the what the pawns do. So, for instance, he makes a suggestion that he's going to be truthful and he's going to say that he had an affair with Olivia and then he basically watches how Melly and then Cyrus react, right? So I think he now knows that they're actually afraid of him. I think that before, you know, because he was unaware, they actually thought of him as a puppet. Now he's actually taunting them, and he's doing something, and he watches how they scatter. And that the fact that they scatter actually gives him power because it shows that they actually aren't in control, or else they wouldn't react. They would have. They would be. Pro, they would be proactive. They wouldn't be reactive. Mm, and right. so I think it gives him a sense of power. <laughs> that was. Oh, I like good. I really like right. that. But it's like both of you are saying though, it's very much like first season. Um, you remember Cyrus could pretty much tell him anything, and Cyrus was kind of running the show. And I think I think that's why there is that power struggle because Cyrus doesn't really know how to deal with this anymore. Um, and it happened, I guess, towards the end of last season and beginning of this season. So now, and he said it in multiple episodes, Cyrus is saying, you know, I'm already not on the president's good side. I don't want to lose that spot. I don't want to lose his trust. I don't want to lose this. And Cyrus is now in fear because the president now sees the real Cyrus and he sees the real Melly and what they're capable of. Um, but I really liked, or I like seeing how Melly is so persistent in everything she does because remember right after the president kind of ripped them anew and then Melly says okay you know I have the logs of where I was when I was out of town and then she released that to Cyrus who released it to the media so Melly's not going to give up but Melly definitely she you know Melly always has her own agenda like she you know Fitz can want to can you know have the idea to do one thing Cyrus can say it's going to go another way but Melly already worked the scenario out in her head and is pretty much saying, this is what it's going to be. If you don't want to trail along, I'm going to get it done without you. Oh, well. So the fact that <clears throat> Melly put all that into place, called Janine, met up with Janine in the car, guaranteed her $2 million, Melly knows what she wants to do. And you can either, you know, jump on or the train is leaving the station. You can get left. And it's also interesting now because Cyrus has lost his, he's lost his power. Now he's having to work more with Melly. He has to work more with her. And, Mm -hmm. you know, again, because he, because he's lost the trust of the president, you know, Cyrus is, He's kind of a ticking time bomb. He's, you know, the way he blew up at Sally and then Sally had to get into him. Like, Cyrus has totally lost what he had. You know, I don't even know if I will say if uh, Cyrus lost the trust of the president. I think I think Fitz still kind of trusts him, but I think Fitz trusts himself more now. Okay, true. But what I meant is that Cyrus has lost, you know, Cyrus had a lot more confident. He had a lot, he did, a lot more yeah. swag. Um, he When, you know, when Cyrus came at you, no one really everyone kind of backed down to him because when he when he got when he came to you he he would always win but he's he's losing it a little bit is what i mean yeah well i mean it goes back to what sophie was saying it's because cyrus is kind of he's not in control anymore he doesn't mm-hmm. have that power anymore and with power comes that confidence and now that fitz is kind of taking the presidency into his own hands and he is the president now and really owning up to that then cyrus is kind of like well what do i do and mm-hmm. he's all about redefining yourself so i think he's it swags, as you say, is going to come back, but it's just going to take a matter of time. Um, so we saw Olivia took on the case, and Olivia is saying that Janine, my voice like sounds anyway. Olivia is saying like Janine um, is the one who had the affair with the president. Now it was when 
or she didn't have the fear of the prison, I'm sorry, and that Janine's innocent. But I whispered to Cornelia right after this scene, there is a scene where Melly was watching TV and they were saying, if not Janine, who? If not Olivia, who? Like, who is it going to be? And then they said, um, women of a certain age sometimes get jealous for no reason. And they said that, you know, Melly could have had a great political future. Basically, he goes, he goes, it would be unfortunate because, because other than that, so if it was true that she just simply was jealous and she made it up, if not for that, she actually is, in <coughs> fact, a very intelligent woman who has a promising, who could have, past tense, mm-hmm. had a promising political career. And that's kind of what sparked, that's what really sparked her going to meet Janine and going to the car and having, saying, I'll pay you $2 million or whatever. But, um, I don't know. I just, I, I'm, I'm a little confused. I want to see where this whole storyline with Melly is going, though, because now that Melly or Fitz has figured out Melly and Fitz has figured out Cyrus, like, it's going to be a redefining moment for Cyrus and Melly. I just want to see where that's going. You know, this, I thought, I liked where it was going originally when, when Olivia made the press conference and the way she, and the way she tied it around she put her she on not only put Janine in the clear, but she also put herself in the clear. She says, you know, first it was me, now it was Janine, who is it gonna be next? And I thought, okay, great. She has finally rid all of the um all of the rumors that if it's not Janine, it's her. That was a great way. And then it went into this whole different and it went into this whole thing. And so now it leaves the question again. Well actually no, because because now it's because Fitz admitted that you know that Janine is the is the one that he did it, but it, I don't know. It's just something about this story that really bothers me how it turned into. I I, I agree with you, Bam. Um, maybe for slightly different reasons. Initially, she calls Fitz, right? Mm-hmm. And Fitz basically says, "Go ahead, go after me, like with your full force, right?" Because in essence, a this was not his decision. B, I think that in that dialogue, it shows how much he truly respects Olivia for being Olivia, right? Now, the only thing that I kind of didn't like is it didn't seem um, part of her personality, Janine, to take $2 million, mm-hmm. right? If you're such, because when Olivia made the press conference, she oh, basically yeah. was like, you know, the White House is guilty of slander, right? Slander has two parts. It's basically saying that you're telling an untruth and that that untruth will hurt my reputation, okay? That's why she went to the fact that she was um, summa cum laude at Berkeley, that she's a great <clears throat> daughter, friend, all of these things, right? So basically, she's clean. That's even why Sally, later on in the episode, goes, this doesn't feel right. Like, she doesn't seem like the type of girl who would have, A, slept with the president, or potentially had, to use someone else's word, the swagger <laughs> to, to affect his marriage, Right. For her to go from that person to be so upset to be, you know, quivering in the middle of a um, of a of a boutique, saying I should be on the hill right now talking about a bill because I have idea, right? That seems like someone who really has 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 conviction and really has set herself up to do something behind the scenes as part of, of as a government employee. Then all of a sudden to take two million dollars because let's talk about your future would be be I'm going to appoint you to something that. You know, we we no longer in the United States can allow sex to undermine the reputation of a woman. Sex is just sex. She didn't get her job because of sex. She's going to be appointed because she's the best woman for the job, right? They could have done that narrative. Two million dollars in a Cayman account, and now what? You have a book deal, and you're the butt of jokes, and you move on, and we don't care, and you're not even D-list. And my thing was, I think the uh, scene that everything you just said was perfect, but the scene that bothered me was um, when... 
Olivia came and talked to her, and then the whole broadcast was preempted because the president was going to speak live, and she was like, oh, what's going on? Why is he doing, like, asking Olivia, like, she's concerned. Like, you're getting what you wanted regardless. Like, you were just about to. <clears throat> why, are you, why do you even care? Maybe, though, taking it back one step, maybe Melly pitched the money to her because Melly doesn't see her as being good enough to pitch another option like a higher position or whatnot. Because think about it. Melly started this whole story. Well, they all started this whole story. But she was referring to her as a bimbo as if she really was a bimbo. Mm -hmm. It's like Melly it's like Melly kind of is forgetting this isn't true, Melly. Like this isn't for real. So maybe she just pitched this option to her. Just to kind of like, you know, th- like a throwaway. Like, ah, she's she's just a bimbo. Here, give her a little money and, and kick rocks. Where does Melly have $2 million? Also, Melly, Melly comes from money, remember? Yeah. Let's go back to the whole pedigree. So, A, Melly comes from money. B, I, I don't know the numbers, but I would assume that... First ladies get a minimum of $50,000 to do public appearances, number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, she also is a former lawyer, and she went to Harvard, correct? Right? I, I, so, I remember. Yeah. So mm-hmm. just just those those three things alone, like, she's a Harvard-educated attorney. I don't know what her background was, you know, as, as um, Fitz was coming up, and now she's a first lady. So trust me, she has more than $2 million of her own, you know, her own assets to pay her. Okay. But time out. I just take that back. But let's 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 remember that Bam said that. Yeah. Let's remember that Bam said that. Um. I don't know. The storyline was okay. What about like how they looped Jake in though? This whole throughout this whole deal, Jake got looped in on multiple on multiple strings. Like Olivia kept saying, you know, I'll do X Y Z, but where's Jake? Find out where Jake is. Fitz basically went on TV. Because Olivia <clears throat> wanted him, like, I take that back. Fitz did what he did, and in turn, Olivia got Jake, mm-hmm. the dude she was sleeping with that he knows about and mm-hmm. he clearly has a problem with. Mm-hmm. And had to see it on tape. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I thought that was a very powerful scene because I think that, you know, earlier on they had the conversation about Vermont, right? And I'm going to take it back to take it back where we are. To me, the only mistake that Fitz said in that conversation about them being in Vermont and having four kids, he should have said, and you will be mayor, and I'll make jam. Mm. Okay? Mm. Number yeah. two, I think that for her to have to make that phone call, she she was saying, all of this, like, all of this that we're going through, do you not realize what I've done for you? Because think about it. That's the first time she technically either took off her white hat or put on her white hat is when she was part of the Fab Five and basically they rigged an election. In her mind, the only thing that makes it justifiable is for not only for him to be president, but for him to be the president, for him to make some kind of change in how we view democracy, how we view government, how we view the republic. So if you can't basically get Jake Ballard out of wherever Jake Ballard is, then maybe you're the guy that we should have actually never rigged an election for. Maybe you're the guy that your dad said you were. That's kind of what I heard in a weird way in that exchange. So I think he had to prove himself, just like we're saying this whole season is about him proving whether or not he deserves to be the president and whether or not he deserves to live. Because remember back in season two, what did she say? You need to earn me. He's still doing that. He's still trying to earn her, earn her respect, earn her love. But go ahead. I just also thought that 
what was really interesting when they had the when they had the conversation on the phone, Fitz, Mr. Smooth Talker, tried to ease in there. I miss you. She was like, no, stop. And that's the thing. <laughs> but, but 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 then I loved how the I loved how the dynamic of the conversation went because then once Olivia was like, I'm not having it. They immediately went to friends and they started talking. Well, guess what? I got to hoop with the uh, Dalai Lama. <laughs> and she was like, no, for real. And then it was not about the relationship and the love and I miss you, boo, and all that other stuff. It was about them having the conversation that they had, which I guess ignited their, their relationship or their, their love or whatever. But I thought that was cool. I I don't know if you heard, like, when he called her, she called him, whatever. When they did the high high and then the conversation started, I'm starting to have a love-hate relationship with it because I just don't want to keep going through a cycle and I know I know this is a, a scripted series and everything but the cycle is a little bit exhausting yeah. well, I, well I think I, sorry just part of me secretly and not so secretly really wants her to get back with Jake honestly especially now that he's released well my, my thing is are y'all gonna talk or y'all not gonna talk Yes. Are we broken up or are we not? Because, you know, they ended it last season and she was pretty much going to walk away. But now they're always on the phone. They're talking about hooping. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, wait, are we? What but then, comf- I want to know. Friend, I think they're I think they're, I think they're starting from not from the scratch, but they're starting from the from the bottom where they're just becoming Started friends. from the bottom. Now we're here. Um. But, <laughs> but I think also, too, let's be be clear. Fitz never has given up. True. Right. True. She's the one who walked away, and technically, Fitz made the phone call at the beginning of the of the episode, right? And that was because he was like, "What's going on?" Right? I mean, that was his segue in, but he really just wanted to say, "I miss you." Her phone call was purely because she was like, "I need to save Jake." So, do you so, think now? Now, do you think that her saying that I need to save Jake is saying to Fitz, "It's over. I want Jake," or was it more? I'm just concerned about my friend who saved my life. I think it's both. I think that's why she brought up, "Oh, he saved my life," and he goes, "Oh, I I know that." And he said something, and and um, gladiators help us out with the quote, please. He basically said something to the effect of, "I know, like he saved mine too." He goes, "That would be twice now." Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I I think I think on some levels he's actually, it's more like his honors hurt. That, like, this dude who probably saved him, saved his girl again, and slept with his girl, and basically, like, is literally the man. Yeah. But I don't... In a weird way, I think that Fitz is actually very comfortable with Liv's feelings towards him. That actually isn't their issue. And that's what's scary about it. Like, he knows that Liv loves him. It's just a matter of trying to figure out a scenario where they can basically be public. And I think that's why he leaked her name. And that's why he was willing to go on national TV Mm, and say that he slept with her. And if anything, I think he did the whole Janine thing, not for Jake. He did it because now that's no longer a secret. No one can ever use him sleeping with anyone against him. He's come out on TV and was like, I had an indiscretion. I slept with someone. Move on. No, think about it. That can never be a hot topic. Exactly. Um, there was one last thing that was in my head. Fitz, Jake, Fitz, Jake. It will come back to me. Okay. But okay. um, <laughs> Jake's in B613, so let's go ahead and talk about uh, Commander. What's the head of Command? What's his name? Eli. Eli Pope. Um, once again, his all of his scenes just blew me away. We really got... And I really love the flashback episodes, but it was so many flashback episodes between um, Eli Pope and um, Olivia, and then later on we'll talk about Huck. 
But I mean, just these singing. So the title episode is Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. And then I was watching an interview today on Access Hollywood Live and um, Darby Stanchfield, who plays Abby, she was like, oh, yeah, it's going to be good tonight. You don't like when you see the whole scene with the dinner. And I was pleasantly, pleasantly surprised. Um, And I, for some reason, I don't know why I thought this, but I thought that after she went to boarding school, she never really communicated with her father past that point. Was I the only one who? That's that's what it was alluded that once she, once her mom died at twelve, then the communication kind of ties, the communication yeah. stopped. But obviously, as I think some of us predicted, that we'll see flashbacks. So there was a, a time briefly once she um, graduated from from grad school that there was now there was now communication because he he paid um, Eli paid for uh, her grad school and for in return he has she has to have dinner. Uh, with um, she has to have dinner with her dad on Sunday, so that's probably why the communication is there because of the of the deal they made. Yeah, and you can tell they weren't. She wasn't interested in talking to him at all at first until he started talking about you know he was like just you know talk to me or yada yada yada, and then she kind of started to open up. That's when she found out more information about what he does, and then she told him about hug. We'll get to that later, but. They it looked like they had a strained relationship. You know what I mean? Like you sit down with your parent, y'all have dinner every Sunday, and every Sunday you don't have anything to talk to them about. That that don't scream, you know, happy <clears throat> home. I'm gonna play devil's advocate. I'm gonna play devil's advocate. Um, taken in a vacuum, I actually think it seemed very normal. And the reason being is, I thought that his explanation made sense. He lost his wife in a plane crash. That's extremely traumatic. You know, you often have um, certain families where it's, like, very kind of specific roles, right? Like, the dad works at the Smithsonian. I'm assuming, you know, that's his cover. Right. But given the fact that we know he's a spy, let's assume that at the Smithsonian he worked a lot, right? And that he traveled possibly to do archaeological digs and so forth and so on, right? So he was more like the provider. And her mom was more the nurturer. So in general, their relationship was very much just, you know... It the- was... It, um, it was... Because he was away um, all the time, the mother was at home with the daughter, so the relationship was already distant because of the lifestyle that he lived um, in his profession. Exactly. And then you have a death of a, of, a, of the mom, but also his wife. Mm-hmm. So he's grieving and has to take care of a child that he probably has never actually taken care of. Exactly. And on on the surface, it doesn't seem that bad. Like, he sent her to boarding school. It's not like he sent her to, like, some mean aunt. Like, she went to the best boarding <laughs> school. No, I mean, just being real, like, that's yeah. part Part of the way that reason she probably is Olivia Pope and is so polished and refined and 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 was able to then go to Georgetown and probably rack up at least two hundred thousand dollars worth of debt because I think that's important in in the deal. It's not yeah. like chump change. Like yeah. we're talking at least a hundred thousand dollars that she needs to repay, possibly two hundred thousand dollars with interest. Anywho, but I thought that that dynamic did not seem weird to me. I think it seemed very much like a lot of families where it's kind of like, come on, talk to me, especially for that point in a parent-child relationship where you're now an adult. Where, what do we talk about? Because we have to get to know each other as adults. And I think that knowing each other as adults is going to come into play when we start to talk about Huck. When he says, you don't know me and you don't want to know me. Right. That's kind of, I think, why it's strange. Because they really don't know each other. And well, also, and also at, at that age, when, you, when a parent has been gone out of your life for so long, you feel like a grown-up. And you feel like 
well, damn, I don't need him or I don't need him or her anymore because I'm grown. You weren't there for my graduation. You weren't there for my prom. You weren't there for all of these important things. And now you want to ask about my, my life and all this other stuff. And where the hell have you been? But let's keep in mind, though, when they were talking at the table, the first scene we saw, he basically apologized. He said, I'm, he I'm sorry I took responsibility for anything that happened. I sent your mother away. So, yes, huh? he said, I sent your mother away. Y'all, nobody, y'all didn't catch it? Oh, I wrote I it did right now. catch that. Eaters, y'all, y'all watch it 17 times. <laughs> Tweet us the comment because when he was having this conversation with her and when he apologized, he quickly said, I sent your mother away and he said something, he followed it up with another, with another statement. I didn't catch it. But could that possibly be why their relationship strained? Because it's, you know, it could be normal, you know, yeah, I'm outgrowing this. I have my own life, Dad. You really don't know about me. You know, Resent- I'm, I'm, re- resentment. resentment. But if yeah. there is a reason there may be a reason why they're strained and not just, you know, normal child-parent growth. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll, we'll look into it. Well, when she finally did start opening up, uh, she said that she was doing good, and then she said, I have a boyfriend. And the father's response was, is he good enough for you? What do you guys think about that? You know, this makes a lot of sense. Um, I think for me, being a filmmaker, what I really enjoyed about this episode was it was story-driven and the story, the script, it was it was brilliantly written by Heather Mitchell. Some of the other stuff it lacked as far as the normal type of scandal episode, but story wise, it was great because it answered a lot of questions that we have been getting tweets and tweets and tweets and tweets about, and all these different kind of theories. And it really answered a lot of it answered a, a lot of questions about their relationship and put and pop. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, and put and pop. So it makes sense now why. I, I get Edison. I, I get him. I think he still talks too much, but I get him. And then it also makes sense on their relationship. And basically, the cause of their relationship was was Pops. He put it into it. He popped him in the eye. Had him popped in the eye a couple of times. He didn't like it. He broke the relationship off. But Edison wasn't that bad in this episode. Like, he really was. Like, I actually liked the guy yeah, in this episode. I liked the guy. Like, I, early relationship, it seems like he was, like, a cool guy. Like, just, you know what? You know what's funny? So actually, sorry. Finish your thought, Kenelia. Like he just seemed like you know a nice guy. He really cared for her. They were living together in his world. It's, everything was everything fine. Everything was fine. I've asked you, Olivia. I'm not gonna ask you anymore. She finally introduced her to his dad, like to her dad. He but was excited when she needed something. Only when she needed to get something from him. Because no, was, that's on her part. But yeah, for but Edison, on his part. Yeah, and that's the thing that like sucks. Nice that's guy. why I feel bad talking about him because now I feel like he just got destroyed in the stick the whole time. But, but again, even even when they were having the conversation when Olivia was on um, uh, at the train station, there's always been this, he's putting more into the relationship than is. She's still kind of cold. Yeah, she said, I love you, but she's cold to him. Even five years prior, but they she's oh, together. I, yes, but there, but she's still, she's not as old. She's, she's not as... Um, You're saying there's still a Chinese wall? Yes. I agree with you, but I think that now seeing the flashback, I think the reason is different than we had initially thought. Mm -hmm. I think it's partly because up until this point, Olivia was Edison's partner, right? Mm -hmm. Like, she was kind of that little, I I don't know, this is going to be a wrong choice of words, but I'm going to say, like, a Stepford wife. 
Like, that's what she had been kind of geared towards, right? Like, she, that's why her dad was like, have these, like, you know, sit down and basically, like, go through the motions. You know that I don't really, like, have anything to talk to you about. You don't have anything to talk to me about, but let's go through the motions. Like, we're going to be nice. We're going to be civil. We're going to talk about wine. We're going to do all those things <laughs> where it's, like, a surface facade of a family. Like, there's no, like, yo, hey, mom, what's up? Hey, dad. Like, there's, there's no familial energy to it, right? At that moment when she realized that her whole life possibly was a lie, that's when she, in essence, that was the catalyst for the real Olivia Pope, right? Mm -hmm. Now, it's not a coincidence, and it goes back to what you said last week, and you are now so right, that she really is Rowan, or Eli. Like, Olivia has two personalities, not in a schizophrenic or bad way, but think about it, that's when, because think about it, the Olivia we saw is not the Olivia we've been seeing. Right? Mm -hmm. So that Olivia couldn't be with Edison, but she always felt it but didn't know why. Mm -hmm. In the same way that she probably always felt disconnected to her mm -hmm. dad, because he's always been lying. They're both living double lives in a weird way, mm. right? And it, that was the moment where it became a reality, and that's why she stepped up differently. Because the way that she introduced Edison and the way that she said, yeah, Senator um, Edison Davis mm -hmm. of the Intel Committee, he's the one who makes sure that spies don't do what they're supposed to do. Oh, please, honey, go in the kitchen and let this breathe, and looks at her dad like, Check. Yes. Edison, Check. Yeah. Edison lost me when Olivia was introducing um, uh, Edison to her dad when when she said, you know, he proposed to me, I said yes. And then he said, well, he goes and puts his two, cent, two cents in about how he how Olivia didn't respond immediately and how he had to wait. Like, I think that's the wrong thing to say to a dad in the initial meeting when you're not even inside the door yet. He's to, nervous. I understand that he's nervous, but you don't know what kind of father that you are being introduced to. So to say something like, you know, she didn't say yes to me immediately, that in a father's mind that already puts something in his head like, back up, dude. I mean, but... Just he, my, I mean, it's minor. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I completely understand what you're saying. Guy, or it could say that your daughter's tough. You raised a great girl. Like, it could be like... Okay. She's, not yeah. Yeah. She, gotcha. she's not easy. And I kept trying. And yeah. I kept trying. Okay. And I want I her. Really and wanna I really her. want to marry her. Okay, got it. Like, I'm just going to go back a second because something didn't make sense to me. When the first time that Olivia had had dinner at Eli's house, right? And the whole comment about wine. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't make sense because what did he say? He goes, "Oh no, you've just always had cheap wine." What was the line? And he said, she, she said, "She said I don't really like or have a taste for it like it." And then he said, "Oh, you've never had fine wine before." That yeah. doesn't make sense given her backstory. Well, okay, why? Break it down. Right? I mean, no, didn't she go? I, I don't remember the schools, but she basically went to the top prep schools. Right. We all know the kids at prep schools drink. And kids Maybe at prep school in Switzerland, right? Wasn't it Switzerland? I feel like one of the... the yeah, something crazy. Or, or the Sorbonne or France. Mm -hmm. Like, you would know fine wine. I, I know that I'm being nitpicky, yeah. but something about that didn't make sense to me. There was a couple of things that didn't make sense, and I can't wait till we get into <laughs> the whole Huck thing, but there was a couple of things that I, I saw flaws in the story. Well, we can actually... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I, I would just... Yeah. I was going to say, we can actually go ahead and go into Huck, and it's going to tie in with Huck and the father. So, oh, wait, wait, I'm sorry. Yeah. The pen thing. I thought there was a lot of great, um, there were a lot of planning, um, what do you call it, planning evidence from the writing term, mm -hmm. where you plant something and there's evidence later. The wine. It, it, it explains why. Oh, yeah, because She said has not put that glass of wine. In every episode, <laughs> she's always sipping on the wine, and it's because her dad, you know, gave her uh, a better... Uh, 
um, a better, better, better palate for, for wine. So that makes that makes a lot of sense. And um, I thought the pen with the whole thing with genius. David was genius, genius. But the only thing that I didn't understand was why does she have to go to David to get the back? She's a lawyer, too. Why couldn't she have dug up the information on Huck? And second of all, if Huck didn't have if Huck, if that's not Huck's real name, how did they do the background check on him? Oh, from the fingerprint, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. There was a fingerprint. Fingerprint on the purse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the only thing to, to your point is that um, not all of those records are public. Mm-hmm. Most of those are on like an enclosed database. So even like we know when you see on TV when they like run a run a, run a background check. Mm-hmm. Again, it's not 2013. It's at least what probably 2003, especially in the District of Columbia. Mm-hmm. That information's not public information. Okay. So she couldn't just go on her computer and run it through. Gotcha. Yeah. And just because you're a lawyer, you still need to have connections. In the same way that just jumping back to the scandal, it was on a White House server. Mm-hmm. Everything's on separate servers, so you still need to know someone to have access, even just a password. So I'm going back to my notes, they're just trying to uh, remember where everything happened. So she is, she sees Huck a lot of the time because she. Can I say the, the first line? So he, she was like, "What does she go? She goes, um, he goes." Like Sunday dinner, and she goes every Sunday, and yeah. then he goes like doggy bag. She goes doggy bag, and he goes every <laughs> Sunday. Like it just shows you more of their relationship that they like. It's gonna sound silly. They really did have a friendship that took time to build. It wasn't <clears> just <throat> that she saw some random guy right. back when we saw in season two, and just decided like, oh, we're gonna be friends. Like right. it was a continual thing, especially connected to a time when she's vulnerable because again, she's going to see her dad something that she doesn't want to do. So in general, as she's going, she's in a very emotional state. So I think she's more receptive to someone who's hurt or is in pain because that's who she is when she goes to see her dad. It was after it was after she had dinner with her dad and he cooked and the wine and everything. She went to Huck and she she was talking to Huck and that's when she said, "You can trust me." Well, it was no, after. It was after, wasn't it? After. Uh, Y'all, I can't understand my hand right now. It was I'm after sorry. he she got attacked, mm-hmm. her purse was stolen, she ran away, and then when she saw him again, she said, Huck, how did you learn how to do all of that? Right. <laughs> and, right. Yeah, and then he says, she I said guess he took karate. She said, You yeah, he took a, a took oh, yeah, karate in karate high school. school. Yeah. <laughs> so, not that kind of karate. <laughs> so she said, You could trust me. Tell me what happened. And he spilled the beans. This scene made me so sad just knowing um when somebody's gone through something like that or is holding on to something so deep and they have nobody to express it to and to finally see him release it to this woman that he's learned to trust and just let it all out. I almost got emotional. I held it back. But that was a really powerful scene just having him like... Because I think this week I'm a little... My my reads are a little weird because I've been reading too many um, anti-scandal reviews I think this past week because I keep seeing tweets and stuff. And, like, some people, like, really criticize. I don't even want to get into that. But the point is, if you were just coming at this show from an outside perspective, oh, I watched a couple of episodes, I don't get it. But since we've seen every single season, every single episode multiple times, and like, we really understand the relationships here, that was a really powerful scene to see how Huck opened up to her and really let it go. Um, yeah. And as, I think even in yeah. the vacuum, though, yeah. it's a powerful scene. And even take it, take it from perspective of just a random lady and a random homeless guy. For someone to for someone to bring the same homeless man food all of the time from from 
nice restaurants. They, we're not talking about just, you know, some McDonald's french fries. For her to take the time to make sure that he eats, she we saw before that she would buy him coffee. He gives her updates on the train. He knows her schedule. He kicked somebody's ass when they were trying to, you know, hurt her. So... If that were just a random lady and a random homeless person, you ha- you got to respect that relationship because we walk past homeless people every day, all the time. Yeah. And for her to take the time to really get to know him and make him feel like she cares, that's that's you know that's real. That's that's sentimental. That's important. Now, when uh, she went to her dad and told him about the homeless man and said that she really liked him, they had a special connection and all these different things. Obviously, if you're telling your parents that, they'll be a little hesitant. Like, oh, you're talking to some random homeless guy, like. Especially knowing what her dad does, he's or what she thought he did, like he's high up in the Smithsonian and all these different things. But was I the only one, probably, but was I the only one, like, for a minute, when she was telling her father this and then she started talking about B613 and he was pretty much unfazed, where I was thinking, wait a minute, was he not part of B613 oh, at this point? No, absolutely not. I caught his I caught his expression. His disposition changed just a little bit, but not enough to where it gave an alarm to away. Olivia, yeah. yeah. Okay. I agree with Bam. He, he it's almost he he didn't blink. Yeah. Like if you if you watch it, he held his his <clears throat> his face for one second too long. Like it's almost like he was playing a poker face. Yeah. So because he was playing the poker face, he held his his mm-hmm. non reaction for just one second too long. For me, a side um, a side note. There's there was two things that I couldn't. Um, couldn't uh, not I, something I noticed was Olivia has a car because she went to um, what was the place on the street? What was it called? Wonderland, Wonderland. She, or Acme, and then went, the street was Wonderland. And so she has a car. Why is she taking the subway every day for work? Maybe it's faster. Oh, it's it's faster. It's faster. I mean, I, I, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I lived in the District of Columbia, mm-hmm. and I had a car. It's not efficient to take your car to work, just the mm-hmm. way that the city is set up. Mm-hmm. It's different, though, on the weekends when you're going to the grocery store or where, where you're going usually outside of the District of Columbia. Like, mm-hmm. I could go to the mall in Maryland or in Virginia. I'm going to drive to do that, mm-hmm. especially when it's late at night. Like, most people are traveling on the metro during working business hours, mm-hmm. so there's there's almost, like, strength in numbers. But if you're going to do something, like, after hours by yourself, you probably take your car. <laughs> because when she got mugged, there was no one in the train station. Yeah. So that's why I was that's like... They say train stations can get empty sometimes, though. Even okay. if it's not peak hours, it could be, you know, you and somebody else on a whole other side of the platform on the other end. You know, it it just depends. Okay. Now, Olivia and... um. Olivia told her dad to also investigate and use her high power with the FBI agent to find out what was going on, if this B613 was actually real. Flash forward, flash forward, fast forward to the real time. Well, I guess you can say flash forward to, to real time. We have um, Eli Pope in OPA meeting the coworkers, and the scene where um, Olivia and Eli go into the office and they have to do, like, the fake smiles. They're really <laughs> arguing. That was one of my favorite scenes, I think, of all the seasons. But what do you guys think about Quinn? Because we didn't even touch on this last season or last uh, recap. Quinn is going a little crazy because she last season she was talking about, oh, we can just kill one of the, um, <laughs> one of the interns. And now she's talking about how, um, what the, oh, she hacked into Liv's emails and she has no reason as to why she's hacking. And she just sat down and did it. Yeah. Because she can. Teacher, teacher. Go ahead, man. I love, I like, I like this whole thing with Quinn. 
for Quinn to have gone through what she has gone through, yeah, in season two, they basically told her to get over it. But for what she's been through, me personally, Bam Erickson, I could not just let it go. Especially when her boyfriend was killed. Um, her identity changed. Her identity changed. Yes. Everything that she's gone through, it's not as easy to just let things go. Just like it wasn't easy for for um, for Abby to to let her relationship go with um, uh, with uh, with David, David or Olivia and her and her situation. All of these people all have personal lives, except for Harrison. But they all have personal <laughs> lives, and it's very difficult to just turn on and turn off. So I get it, and I'm glad that that Quinn is is taking a stance because everyone just seems to let Olivia just do whatever she wants to and not give any answers and as you see today she was finally forced to answer you can't it's one thing when you are like a teacher and you're a student but you have these very intelligent people yes you may have saved them but these people are are they're very they're very intelligent they're smart they can hack and they can do all of these things and you don't give these people any kind of answers and you just expect for them to do what you do I don't it's it's just too much. And I'm glad that somebody that's finally stepped up because Harrison has always I'm sorry, Harrison is always very quick to defend Olivia when um, um, there was he had one line today. What was the one line that he said? He had one line today where he basically said um, he said. Uh, Shoot. He said he had one line, but he basically when when Quinn questions something, he shut uh, it down. He shut it down. Yeah, and he always does that, and there has to be a reason why he's always coming to her defense. But I, my thing is, he, Quinn is yes, I I agree with what you're what you're saying, but Quinn's not stepping up to Olivia in Olivia's face. It's one thing for you to get ballsy and to be like, enough is enough. All this stuff happened to me, and this is what she's I'm going not to. going to tell the truth though. But it does not matter if you if you are on this, if you have this renegade attitude and you're like enough is enough. Let's find out. Let's put the cards all on the the table. Tell her or not even tell her, but don't do it when it's just you and Huck, because she didn't. She doesn't. She doesn't let on around anybody in OPA to what she's doing or how she's how she's acting or what she's becoming. Except Huck. Nobody else knows that she is the new Quinn. Because she has she has a she has a um she's tight with she's tight with uh she's tight with Huck. Harrison's a blabbermouth. He's gonna go back and tell Olivia. <laughs> so why would he go to why would she go and tell Harrison anything? Because he's an ass kiss with Olivia. No, I get it, but if you're gonna be boss to the wall, do I get it, it in front of everybody. Don't okay. don't be in the room with Huck like, yeah, let's get her. I'm and then when you this. get in the in the in the conference room, you're like, Oh sure, let's put the pictures up on the wall. Where's the tape? Like, you know, yeah. let's be boss to the wall all the time. I, I just have to comment on because I'm not comfortable with you calling Harrison an ass kisser. Um, I think it really has to do with the whole gladiator motto, right? And I'm going to bring it down to a certain level of of military protocol, right? Like, you follow orders. Like, that's what you do. You don't ask why. You don't ask, ask what the backstory is. Like, you follow orders. That's what you do. And part of that has to do with, if you ask, you might not like the, the response, right? And if you know, and you, then there's emotion attached, I might not be able to save you. Right. If it's my job, if we're if we're all on a battalion together. Right. And we have to like I die for you. You die for me. Right. Now, all of a sudden I get to know you. Right. Your person, your backstory. And there's something about your backstory I don't like. Now, that may affect how how willing I am to save you. Right. I think that what's going on with the associates is Harrison is a gladiator. Right. He had he signed up from, from from the very beginning. He knew what was at stake. And I think he chose 
the lifestyle, right? That's why he's full in. Hook may not have chose, but he feels so grateful and has said several times, Olivia saved my life. He's all in, right? Abby was all in until David. Why, again, because she basically called Olivia when she was being abused and Olivia saved her life. Quinn did not ask to be saved, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So that's why she's kind of like, I don't know what to do. And as things start unraveling, basically meaning she's now learning that, that she can do things, and I think that the potential scandal with the president of Olivia's name being leaked made them scared. And that's now, I think, for the rest of the season, they're all going to be reacting on fear because Olivia isn't this omni-omnipotent being that she used to be, right? Because she almost got outed, number one. And in their mind, she didn't do anything to fix it. They fixed it, right? And now you have that she actually has a dad. I think that's why Quinn's saying. Quinn's like, she's a dad. Like, yeah. And he like, lives in he D.C. Lives and he seems so normal. Right? Did you catch that? He seems so normal. Why? Because Olivia seems not normal. She seems like this this person that they all look up to. If she has a dad and he's normal, then maybe we shouldn't just follow her orders without asking questions. Uh, No, I agree. But... I don't like how she's like with the hug, like, yeah, let's look what I found. Look what I found. And then with everybody else, she's like, sure, come on, let's go. Gotta get her spirit well, what, do you, what do you think, though, about the fact that, you know, um, Huck said, don't be so much like me, be more like Olivia. And basically her response was, that's exactly what I did. I was more like Liv in, in the fact that my gut told me something wasn't right. And she continued to investigate. Yeah, but Olivia, I, I I don't see Olivia doing that with someone that's on her team like that. Like, no. you know what I mean? Like, I don't. Well, I mean, but Olivia, she sold Abby out. Yeah, Olivia and Harrison. Yeah, she did. But that was, but, but was that for the the benefit of the job or for Quinn? Was this personal? Is it personal with Quinn or is it business? That's true, though. Olivia had a reason. What is Quinn's Quinn's reason right now? Because if it's personal, then that's a whole different story. But but technically, right, and this this leads into into probably the next thing we're going to talk about. For me, the most powerful scene was basically when the realization came that Huck realized that Rowan or Eli is command. So basically meaning he's the head guy. So he's literally the guy that put him in the hole. Can we can we Go back ahead. up just a little yes, bit? Yes, yes. I, th- I think that was also important, but I also think that scene was important with the living her dad when she went to co- when she went to confront her about um, about Huck when she got up and said that she was done with him. Okay, I let's thought, go there I felt, first. I feel that was a great uh, segue into the conversation. Wait, sorry, what part? When they were at dinner, and yeah. then she came to him, put the pen down in front of him, and said, "Act me," and she said, oh, yeah. "Tell me, what do you really do?" Mm-hmm. Are you B six thirteen? Yeah, I, I thought I thought that was a great scene for for um, for for one for two reasons. Um, I felt that the dad's I felt that the dad's response was a good response to try to keep his cool while they were in the public. I thought that was a great response, and I thought that was really uh, bold and strong of Olivia to stand her ground and say she's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, but go ahead. No, I was just going to say the the scene you were talking about, though, that you were about to get to with the whole Huck and Olivia thing. Um, we made a comment because last season you even said that um, with Huck and Olivia, when he, when she said there was no deal, you were saying that may not have been the case. 
So sure everything was revealed finally tonight. And I just like, I really like how we finally have, because I feel like tonight it was one of those things where it wasn't one of my favorite episodes, but it was more like, a, oh, 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 like everything was just connecting throughout the whole night. Um, but the scene when, when, I guess when Huck put his hands on Olivia, though, that I was in awe and shock. I was like, yes. What? I, because I'm sorry. Just like Sally gets on your nerves, Olivia is on my last nerve. And somebody just need to put her in her place. Somebody needs to finally put her in her place. And now I'm not to choke her. To that choke was out, that was that was too much. But again, Huck is crazy. He's tick tick boom. Um, so I don't condone the choking. But I was glad that Olivia finally revealed truth to somebody. But finally. I don't I don't know. I, I think that a lot of things were extremely emotional in, in this scene. And I think first of which is, and I can't wait to watch it again, I actually don't think that he applied that much force. It didn't look like it. It didn't like look it. like it. He was I just think holding, that he, yeah. he was just holding her. And I think it was just his his aggressive approach towards her. That's yeah. what threw her against against the car. And even as he's holding her, if you watch, there's a gentleness to it. He's not he's he's actually restraining himself. Like he's very much restraining himself. And I think that what's right. going through his mind is he's like, oh, crap, has this whole thing been reprogramming? Because think about it. Oh. No, let's let's really go conspiracy theory for a minute, right? So Olivia's dad is the head of B613. So does that mean that she was planted there to walk by him every day at the Metro? Was it planted for him, for her to get mugged? Right? So, Sophia... It- High five, bam, that high is, five. Oh she, my do you know God. what I mean? Like, I think he's literally, and especially, like, she lied to him. Anytime that there's there's an omission, that's actually worse than lying. I'd actually, if you lie and you're like, no, I'm really this. But, to, like, to omit is worse. So the fact that she omitted the connection and then doubly lied when he was like, you said there was no deal. Right? I would literally think, is this whole thing part of reprogramming? Because technically, he's been working for somebody. Yeah. Which is Olivia Pope, which is the daughter of the commander. So I think that's why he got so worked up and he snapped. But again, I think that the way that he snapped, if you, if we watch it again, I think it showed the utmost of restraint. Because I think the reason he had to turn his back and almost look down is he has no idea what reality is. And all he knows is the one thing that he may want to hold on to is that Olivia has to be right. Olivia has to wear the white hat. Or else he's he's been in this loop. It definitely changed things for them. It changed things for him. It changed things for Quinn. And when the others find out, if they find out, it changes everything for them as well. I like the way I like this this uh this event. Like I don't like the fact that, you know, it was that intense. But I like the way where this is going because now it challenges everybody's relationship. It challenges the relationship. There's no more. Um, it's no more with Quinn. What I was saying about Quinn, her being, it's not personal. Now this really challenges people's relationships and not just based on Olivia doesn't tell us anything. It's now really about your dad is who your dad is. And <clears throat> this affected Huck's life. It's a, it's affecting everything. So now the relationships with all of them are in question. I like that. I don't, you know, I just like the way it's going the episode, whatever, the season. Well, I'm excited to see where 
Eli Pope. Feels weird calling him Eli now, but I'm excited to see where that storyline goes because we found out that the reason why, like we talked touched on briefly earlier, the reason why Olivia and Edison kind of aren't together is because he uh, caused a car accident, and even the way he told the way he told Olivia, it was so like just lack of care. Oh, he was in an accident. Oh, I think he broke his collarbone. Like just, I think what he did was he vetted him and maybe there's some information about Edison because clearly we thought he was gone but he's back yeah so maybe there's some maybe there's some information because he seems to be the king of dig up dirt yeah that's a very good point because he did say something to that effect like he checked him out Mm -hmm. and it's not gonna work yeah 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 well, yeah. for that, for the accident alone, that's I'm giving uh, Eli slash Rowan semi cold piece of the week. <laughs> it's bad because, like, really, you had to, you know, you had to have the car crash. Like, come on, dude, just there could have been another way. There could have been another way. Like, come on, it's dude. It's funny when he was saying it though. I actually wasn't sure if there was a car crash or he was just saying. Mm. Like, I know that there probably was. Do you know what I mean? But I just want to know how is she going to like explain that? Is she not going to go to the hospital? Then she's going to give the ring back? Yeah. Whatever, whatever. I don't know. That's just what my brain was thinking. I was like, or is he just threatening? And if he like, was threatening, he's really cold piece. He's yeah. full-blown cold piece of the week. And then also, um, the other thing was, it looks like Sunday dinners are coming back. Because that was the agreement, right? Mm-hmm. That she would... So... Is he really, like, does he care, obviously, about this relationship so much? Like, he really wants that connection with his daughter? Or I is think- it something deeper? I think he cares. I think he cares and he wants a relationship with his daughter. He feels bad for what he did and he I think I think he wants a relationship with his daughter, but I also think that because of so much time has passed and now he knows that her past life and things, he's trying to fix it in a typical dad way, but he's doing it the wrong way. He wants it's kind to, of like it, it's kind of a it's more like a it's more like a, in a bully way where he wants to beat anybody who touches his daughter versus trying to help her. Or maybe it could be just straight up uh, from a business aspect. I do you a favor. Now you have to return it. You know what I mean? Take mm-hmm. the dad out of it. I got you something that I normally don't do. So you need to now do something that you normally wouldn't do. Eye for an eye. It's an exchange. I, I like that because if you think about it, that's what Olivia does. Yeah. As a fixer, she's really just trading favors. She's trading IOUs, and I definitely think there's a a huge aspect of it. It's simply control. It's that he controls her. It's that she has to, for this time period, whether she talks or not, she has to be in a certain place. It is putting her back into that child role. It's funny you just said the favors thing. I think that's why um, last week when I was kind of questioning, like, why she was calling all her clients, why she was in denial, but the thing is... When you said, like, she does favors, like, <clears throat> I did a favor for you. I haven't cashed in my favor yet, so how are you going to drop me like that? Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. But um, I really enjoyed this episode, and we will continue the conversation on all these topics online. But there's one last thing I have to bring up, because remember I had that thing I forgot? <clears throat> so, online, <laughs> last week, when we or last week, remember you were saying how a day after she was, like, jogged, or she, um, like, the yeah, name was released. People were saying, people were saying it was a month right. later. That bothered me. I think maybe that's why I'm salty against Fitz and Olivia now because it's a month later, so she already started moving on. She's, like, living her life, and then a month later you released the name. I'm sorry. That really bothers me for some reason. Oh, my God. Is it only me in my life? Like, a month is nothing. No. Do you know what I mean? Like, a month, you can get rid of, like, okay, I don't know. There's a theory in life that it takes you double the time that you were with someone, right? So, especially, they were technically never even together, 
right? They do this, we break up, we don't break up, we break up, we don't break up. And to me, that was his last move. Like, he was willing to basically give up the presidency, announce that, like, that's his mistress, or bring her into the White House and her to be first lady. And she said, no? He was like, oh, no. Uh-uh. He had to play another move. Because I think the problem is, is that there's a certain aspect of their love and more Fitz's love towards Olivia <clears throat> that is selfish. And Fitz is a child. And that was a childlike move. So I do agree with you that it wasn't like it was the next day. But Fitz is literally like, I don't care what you say. You're my girl. We're going to live in Vermont or wherever or in the White House. So he's going to keep playing whatever he has to do to make that happen. And I completely understand. I just, I, yeah. knowing that, I mean, going from a day to a month, I was just a little thrown. But um, I'll let it slide. <laughs> anyway, we're going to go into news and gossip from Damn. TV News. Okay, so the ratings for uh, Scandal Season 3 uh, premiere, um, it set records for uh, for the uh, show. It attracted 10.5 uh, million viewers. Uh, congratulations. And then also, it had nearly 713,000 tweets uh, during the... Um, during the running of the episode, reaching a Twitter audience of 3.7 million uh, viewers. What I don't understand is how can they, how can Twitter um, attribute to ratings? Because this is my this is my take on this. Take for instance Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy has been on for ten long seasons, and they last week they had nine million viewers. And in the scheme of things, in the scheme of things, 10.5 million viewers is not a lot. That's not even in the top. That's not in the top. That's not even in the top 10. You have shows like NCIS, NCIS, LA, uh, Big Bang uh, Theory. Big Bang Theory. You have all these shows that are 18, 19, 20 million. They just don't have an audience who likes to tweet while watching the show. Scandal is one of those shows where people just like to tweet. So how do, how can you incorporate Twitter? How can you? People who tweet, how can you uh, access that to how many people are watching? Wait, when are, are you saying are you saying that the numbers invalid or that the I numbers feel, should be higher, the numbers should be lower? I feel like Twitter. The I don't feel like people tweeting doing the show even should, should affect it, should affect the it ratings. Doesn't. If, if, and I, I could be reading the numbers incorrectly, but I, I've been following this kind of since they announced it a couple months ago. The two numbers are separate and distinct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's there's the actual Nielsen ratings, the old term rating. So that's the 10.9 million, right? Mm-hmm. They're just showing that that three million people were talking about it in real time. So right. what they're trying to say is that there are new metrics, right? Mm-hmm. So for instance, let's say something like a show NCIS on CBS is an older demo, right? Mm-hmm. So it means that they have a built-in art audience. They have 20 million, right? So presumably also too, and I'm just going to make round numbers. Let's say that they're per episode budget is $2 million, mm-hmm. right? What it's saying is, okay, you then have separately over here, you may have only 10 million viewers, but you have 3 million of those viewers who are talking in real time. Mm-hmm. To me, as an advertiser, what that means is, I can now watch what they're doing. So for instance, the white coat, mm-hmm. the Burberry white coat. No, seriously, yep. immediately I was like, Burberry white coat on sale, $900, still can't afford it. But to me, what that means is that more people are attached to more layers of a show like Scandal. So even though they may only have 10 million viewers, I'd argue that there's more advertising dollars, number one. Number gotcha. two, we know there are more advertising dollars because BET is stripping the show in real time. Mm-hmm. That normally doesn't happen. Normally, you have to, and I know I'm talking really fast because we don't have time. Yeah. Normally, you have to wait for syndication. You normally have to wait for season five or 100 episodes. Why? Because it means that the initial network is no longer going to lose money. They've already exhausted all avenues in terms of advertising in real time, DVDs, iTunes, podcasts, so mm-hmm. forth and so on. 
on. The fact that Scandal is making so much money that ABC was able to strip it and basically sell it to BET and BET is airing it three days later means that they're not losing anything in advertising or they made enough from BET to offset that. Mm -hmm. So it means arguably 20 million over here, NCIS, 10 million over here scandal that the advertising revenue is actually the same Same. and Twitter is an indicator of it of what Twitter means in terms of of converting numbers into metrics in terms of advertising. I know that doesn't make sense if anyone wants to talk about talking about Twitter. No, it makes sense now. I I get it. Great analysis. Okay. What other news do you have? That's it. I think we have one other... Uh, oh, no, 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 we have one other thing. Do we have it? Um, I don't know if a lot of you guys know, but one of our amazing gladiators, Gladiator Josie, uh, last year, the first ever annual Scandal Meetup, you all know that Scandal isn't just a TV show. It is a revolution. It is a village. It is where everything. It's life. Um, and uh, she organized a meetup in New York for season two and season one of Scandal. And um, for season three, it is actually coming to L.A., to the west side. Um, And we will be bringing you more information on that. I do not know why it's not on the screen, but tweet us and we will tweet you. Oh, here it is. So it is the um, annual nationwide gladiator meetup. It is the weekend of August 1st, 2014. It will be in Los Angeles, California. Um, but the most important thing is contact at um, on Twitter, Outlaw Josie or Gladiators Unite. Or you can also go to uh, www.gladiatorsunite or gladiatorsunite at gmail.com. It's going to be an absolutely amazing event. Um, some of you probably have seen that we wear bracelets. We got those in the gift bags. Just a lot of cool stuff. We'll be telling you more um, as more information becomes available. Perfect. Well, I'm super excited. Hopefully, we will be there. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll go into predictions. So, um, I pre- <laughs> now, hit the wrong button. Sorry. <laughs> no worries. That's what we call a blooper. Um, so I think that oh, we got lights in here. It's like Halloween. Um, You're so late. It always happens. <laughs> really? Every yes. time? I never noticed. Either. I've never not all this flickering that's going on. Um, okay. So um, I think that Quinn will continue to become more of an uh, integral part of the Olivia Pope and Associates team. And her eye makeup will get heavier and heavier each week. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have to comment. It, I I didn't notice at first last week when Bam made a comment. Like I was like, oh, it's not that bad. But I mean, it's it's a little heavy this season. Um, I think that. Well, I hope that Harrison has more lines than just one. Um, and I am really excited to see what's going to happen between Eli Pope and Olivia Pope, and possibly, I think that. Um, as we see Jake's coming back, I think that Edison is going to make an appearance and it's going to be something scandalous as well. I predict, Sorry, did I say the right thing? Yeah, yeah, Edison. Yeah, yeah. I predict that Jake needs to take a bath at first. <laughs> okay. Because uh, he looked like he stank. Like, I know it was a good moment, but as soon as she opened up the door, I was like, oh, he probably stank. Like, that was, you know, that's just me being me, you know, whatever. Um, I predict that Huck is going to go away for a while. He's not going to be at work, you know, diligent little worker. I think he needs some time to assess. I also think while he's doing that, Quinn is going to be giving the ultimate side eye while she is at Pope and Associates. Just because she's the one who actually found out the information. She's the middleman. So I think that's going to have an effect on the office dynamic. I have more questions than anything else. Why... Did Rowan, because to me, when he's bad, he's Rowan. Why did Rowan loop Cyrus into Operation Remington? Because mm-hmm. it means he wants something from him. Right. Number one. 
Number two, the fact that now the president can no longer have plausible deniability about the existence of B613. That's going to come up. Something mm-hmm. about that that doesn't sit right with me. And again, that was orchestrated by Rowan. Right. I also think that there's going to be a moment when Olivia's going to have to decide between her dad and Hawk. Hmm. And I think that both Quinn and Harrison are the wild cards. I agree with you. Huck's going away for a while. But notice when Harrison went in to Olivia and she's like, I just need a moment. Look at his facial expressions. Harrison may not talk, but he speaks volumes in his posture, his demeanor, and his facial expressions. Even though he seems like he's reading from the same script, Mm -hmm. he's not anymore. Something about his demeanor ever since they fixed it and he didn't get a pat on the back... You can only be a soldier so many times and you go into war and you go into battle and you win and you win and you win and he still hasn't got a purple heart? No. Something, right. There's going to something, something's amiss. Uh, where's James? Uh, is my number one question. Where's wow. James? Uh, where you at, homeboy? Um, <laughs> I don't know if Huck is going to go away because with next week's episode with the whole bombing in the, in the, um, in the White House, I have a feeling that maybe Huck will play an intricate part of the who the you know the fixing of uh, some kind of fixing or something that has to do with Olivia a Pope and Associates coming to the rescue at some point. I think it'll either be Huck, but if Huck does go away, then Quinn will kind of maybe get beside herself and try to play Huck. Um and I do wonder about Harrison because, you know, I made that theory, I thought he was gonna die, but his lines are getting shorter and shorter and shorter. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Why he's why is he not getting much camera time? And so are they is are we well, gonna see something? Well, Abby isn't really that much either. Yeah, she has like her little investigating scenes, but like if we wanna play it that way, remember Harrison didn't have that many lines first season and then all of a sudden he had that explosive scene so I, I think it's just trying to rev us up for that next big moment to where Harrison and it's a huge ensemble yeah. cast yeah. when you really think about it yeah. it's a really big cast but um yep so I'm going to let you guys go we appreciate it as always where can we find you you can find me at uh, big6entertainment.com or uh, Bam Erickson on Twitter and Instagram you can find me on Twitter at Sophia Stanley you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Cornelia. Also, I'll be at M Bar tomorrow, nine thirty, and Ice House Comedy Club seven thirty Sunday. And you can find me on everything. Uh, why can't I talk right now? Uh, Addie Mill and his Junior, and also YouTube.com slash Chasing LA. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. We will see you guys next week, same time, same place. All right. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.